Amen. And so tonight, now you've seen it last night, you've seen it the night before, that miracles take place. And we're going to see miracles tonight. Miracles are in the air. Amen. And we don't have to beg for them. God has plenty of them. And he knows that you have need of it right now. But what we have to do is just say, God, I want it to be me tonight. I want it to be me tonight. Come on, I want it to be me tonight. Amen? And so I don't know about you. I didn't just come to hear and to observe. I didn't just come to celebrate your miracle. I come to get a miracle. Amen? And it's whosoever. If God will save whosoever, why wouldn't he heal whosoever? Doesn't it say that if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, let them anoint him with oil. Prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord himself shall raise them up. Listen, God is involved in your miracle, and he's waiting for your faith to leap forward tonight. Now, I know that you're here. Now, some of you came to hear preaching. Ted's a good preacher. But some of you came in need of a miracle. And God is about to do miracles tonight. Amen? And so, say this with me. Tonight, I determine to get my need met. My physical needs will be met. My mental needs will be met. My spiritual needs will be met. And God will even meet my financial needs. Tonight is a night of visitation. Tonight is a night of miracles. And tonight is my night. Come on, shout hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, hallelujah. Now, let's stand to our feet and let's give our evangelist, a friend of our house, Ted Shuttlesworth, a good round of applause. He comes to preach the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Dosek. Where is the lady they've brought that has a special need? Could we somehow bring her down? I understand there's a couple of fine people that have come with her to help her. Everybody remains standing. There's nothing too hard for God. I said there's nothing too hard for God. When people put forth a special effort, as this lady who came in an ambulance uh, has done with these dear people, I believe that you should always honor the faith of people that have said, you know what, I'm going to see what God will do for me. Here she comes. She looks nice. Praise the Lord. Hold this. How many are, now I know you must be one of the workers, and I'm going by your clothes. Hello, buddy. Are you a Christian? Good. How about you, ma'am? Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. I don't lay hands on women's bodies, but would you put your hand there? And uh, who are you? Sister, I've seen you before. How you doing? Amen. Let's talk to your sister a minute. What's your name, dear lady? Jerry Lynn Cosway. Now, this is what they told me. They said that, uh, is it ALS? Am I saying it right? Lou Gehrig's disease, we used to call it years ago, has attacked your body. And I'm going to pray for you tonight first. And the reason is because when I heard it, I got excited. Because I've been able to pray with several people with this disease and they're healed. One was a man. I think the other two were ladies. 
And so I, I'm excited. Why would God heal the other three and not heal her? Isn't that right? That's why I asked you, are you a believer? So this is the last night of your tears. Amen. Now we know those are tears of joy. But when you've suffered with something a long period of time, it, it can become an area where the enemy, brother uh, and sister, that you are here tonight, where the enemy puts like a clamp on your brain and tells you you'll never be free. Now, <clears throat> let me tell you what I'm going to do. Did you ever hear of a, a preacher named Oral Roberts? Do you remember him? You remember him? He told me how to pray this way. To him... I'm sure doing it night after night, year after year, he became skillful in the handling of the word and the ministry. I want to be like that. How many of you want God to use you in such a way that when a dear lady like this comes in, you can look her right in the eye and say, get ready, amen. And it brings joy, amen. And I feel so bad for people to go to churches, they don't even pray for their people. I get attacked a lot, believe it or not. I have people that call, write, email, they get mad because I pray for people, and then they find out the people get healed. Well, that's some kind of twisted thinking in my mind. And the last two months, I've had a lot of Muslims that have been uh, through Facebook and different things trying to uh, come against our ministry. But you know what I did? I went on Facebook. I had my kids show me how to do it. And I said, I'm going to believe God for a word of knowledge. And every one of the Muslims that attacked me, God showed me something about their life until they quit they, got, they all got off Facebook. It was getting too real. Someone say it was getting too real. Last night I prayed for this fine man right here, and I love his boys. And uh, uh, I told him, I said, uh, uh, when I prayed for him, I had a vision of a separation between the bones in his foot. And he told me again tonight, he said, that's exactly what it was. But as I prayed, I felt to bind the spirit of pain. You remember, I had him walk a little bit. Then it moved from here, down to here, and so forth. Well, when you see that, preachers, remember, that's the gifts of healing. Because miracles are instantaneous. But what happens is a lot of times people don't want to pray because they say, what if I don't see the miracle? Well, you can still see the operation of the gifts of healing. Amen? Did you hear me? You can still see the operation of the gifts of healing. And that's what's going to come on you tonight when we pray. So I walked over tonight and shook his hand. And he said, I got something to tell you. You want to tell the people what you told me? Sure. When they did my x-ray, they had found that what, where my bone was broken, there was a quarter-inch gap between the two bones. So when I said that last night? It was confirmation of the word. You knew God had something for you. Amen. Isn't that right, buddy? Then tell them what you did today. What happened? I have not taken any pain medicine today. Completely off. <laughs> what? Pain-free. Somebody say pain-free. And so he chose not to take his pain medication. And he said, I went through the day and he was telling me, are you his wife? You must be the happiest woman in here. Hallelujah. Does he sit in the chair and say, bring me an iced tea? <laughs> but the pain's gone. And see, you're getting better, better, better. Hallelujah. Move your foot tonight and show the people there's no pain when you put it on. Now, you didn't have that last night if you were here. You had pain first here. Then it went down behind his heel, he said. Am I, am I telling it right? I was in pain just sitting here. Just even sitting here. But tonight all the pain's gone. Pain free. Isn't that wonderful? Take my hand. Stand up in the name of Jesus. Tonight, no pain. No pain. 
So see what 24 hours can do. Amen. Are you happy about it? Absolutely. You remind me a little bit of my big son. Amen. My son's 6'3". How tall are you? 6'9"? No, about six foot. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I could come up the aisle a little bit. That's a, hey, you're a short guy, aren't you? Amen. But isn't it wonderful? Let's just lift our hands and thank God before we pray for my sister. See, that happened last night. And he was under doctor's care. And uh, bro you heard what he said. And there was a gap there. And they even told him he might have to come back. But between last night and tonight, he's already had that happen for him. And I wanted him to tell you because that's a fresh miracle. That's something that just happened. Amen. Now, I'm going to teach you something. Are you ready to receive it? What Oral Roberts taught me, can I teach it to you? How many of you will listen? And you'll remember to put it to work for yourself. Brother Roberts said all infirmities and sicknesses that attack people's body. And he based this on the Bible. And the reason Oral Roberts became so well known, he became skillful in praying for the sick to where he'd go into a city and they'd have 10,000 people healed. This is documented. You weren't even born. I was a little boy. But he went from city to city across America after World War II, and they saw tens of thousands. He told me, he said, I have 1.3 million documents in our archives at the university of people that were healed by the power of God. Isn't that wonderful? So the first thing, no man could heal. If I could heal, I'd go to the hospital and empty it out. Only Jesus heals. But here it is. He said all sickness and disease, the Bible called it a spirit of infirmity. It would work by power. One out of every three people Jesus prayed for in the New Testament, a spirit had to be broken off of their body. Because you see, the devil hates humanity. Did you ever wonder why? The devil said in Isaiah, I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to take on his image. And Isaiah said, God said, no, you won't, and threw him out of heaven. And the Bible says, Jesus said in Luke, I beheld Satan when he fell as lightning. Satan is a fallen being. But what was it he wanted to be? He said, I want to be like God. But what did God say in the Bible? Do you remember? He said, let us make man in our likeness. And the thing the devil wanted but can never have, you and I are created in the image of God. Isn't that beautiful? So every time the devil sees a man or a woman, it makes him angry because he wanted the likeness of God. But God said, no, I'm going to give it to man. And so you are created in the image of God. Isn't that beautiful? When my kids were growing up, I told them, I said, man, you're beautiful. I didn't tell them they were ugly. Because what father isn't proud of his children? Well, God, who is your father, is proud of you. He loves you. Now, when these things come... There's something we can do. The Bible shows us. And here's what Brother Roberts told me. Number one, we take authority over the spirit of disease and sickness. Now, this is a man that saw, you know, people, there was a guy on television said, if you can prove me one miracle, I'll give you a million dollars. Oral gave him access to 1.3 million documents, and he wouldn't come because you know why? He didn't have a million dollars for every 1.3 million miracles. You see, people that say that are filled with unbelief. I'm not an unbeliever. I believe God. How many of you believe God? And so the Bible says there's a spirit of infirmity. Brother Robert said to me, Brother Shuttlesworth, he said, when you find people, and he mentioned Lou Gehrig's disease, he called it. That's how I grew up 
calling that. He mentioned arthritis. He mentioned heart disease. He mentioned these things that in fasting and praying, God showed him were spirits that were at work to destroy the image of God in mankind. He said, the first thing you do, you bind it. Everybody take your hands and do this. Say, I bind it. Say it again. I bind it. Now, you, one reason she's excited, the Lord healed her when we prayed, uh, what was that, a year ago or two years ago? But it was a while back, wasn't it? Amen. And the Lord touched your sister. You mean he likes her better than you? I don't believe it. Amen. And so what we're going to do, we're going to bind. Everybody do it with me. Come on. We're going to bind the spirit of infirmity that causes Lou Gehrig's disease. <clears throat> Is there something she needs to adjust there? Amen. Now, leave her alone while I'm teaching. Amen. Now, hear me. We're going to bind it. All right? And when we bind it, that means it can't operate the way it's been operating. Second thing we're going to do, we're going to command it to go from you and never come back. Does that sound good? Yes. Does that sound good? Yes. Does that sound good? Yes. You'd, now, if I put that mic in your ear, you'd say, he don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, but you put it in your mouth. Well, it's the same with what I'm teaching now. I know what I'm doing. And so we're going to bind it. Come on, everybody. Get with it. Let me see them arms moving. Because you see there's power in corporate prayer. You know what we're going to do next? We're going to command it to go from your body and never come back. Then I'm ornery. I'm going to say, go report to your master, Satan. You failed in your mission to destroy this woman. Because I'm ordinary like that. Amen. The image of God is in you. The image of God is in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the image of God is in me. Say, I'm created in God's image. Never forget that. It's nothing you've done wrong. Maybe the devil's lied to you and say, well, there was things you did that allowed this to come. That's a lie. You're a good woman. And these things come because the devil hates the image of God that's in us. You believe that? Hallelujah. See, you need healing in your body. And God's going to touch you when I pray for you. You believe that? And the levels of your sugar are going to come down to normal. You believe that with me? Because from time to time, you have a little bit of problem in that area. But it's going to be all right. Then one of your feet, the circulation, uh, God's going to touch you. Isn't that right? Yes. Because you have numbness in that one foot, especially at night you notice it. Yes. And you lose the circulation. I won't even tell you what I see about you. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> The Lord is in his holy place, and our God is God, and he's all right by himself, and he's powerful in his coming. He's powerful in his going. Hallelujah. There's none like unto our God. Our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a deliverer. Our God is a healer. Hallelujah. Our God helps us when we're down. Our God picks us up and helps us to run on. Hallelujah. So I don't know if you see this, because of your faith, he's getting a touch, and so will she. Amen. Isn't that what you need, brother? Yeah. And see, because they're faithful to serve you, God said, let me give them an overflow blessing. <laughs> Amen. And you're a good sister. I remember you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're going to do this now with the anointing of God. I've explained it. Now let's do it. Everybody do this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I bind this disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, caused by a spirit of infirmity. 
I command it to go out of her body. Go out into the deep. According to Mark's gospel, the fifth chapter. I command it to go and never come back. Report to the devil. You failed in your mission to destroy this woman's body. And she shall get bitter from this night forward in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father. We love you too. Everybody lift both your hands and thank God. Are you glad? I didn't want to make her wait. Hallelujah. I command you to be healed. Sugar go to normal. Hallelujah. Your feet to have perfect circulation. Isn't that what you need? And then this little racing in your heart from time to time. Isn't that right? Pretty good? Do you believe the Lord spoke to me about you? And I'm only going to say is you're going to be blessed. Amen. Take too long to go through everything you're believing God for. Amen. She's writing an encyclopedia. Amen. There it is. You feel that go through you? Hallelujah. One of your arms, it has like a numbness to it where you don't feel good. You don't have feeling in it much. And strengthen it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just want you to see feelings starting to come back into your arms. I'll do it as light as I can. You notice the feeling starting to come back? Yeah. And I command that to be the sign unto you that from this night forward you shall recover. Everybody lift your hands and praise God. Come on, let's praise him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you have somebody you love that is sick? Then do this right now. Call their name as we do it. Say, I bind that disease in... Then say their name, and I command it to go out into the deep and to never come back on their body again. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, Rick. Felt that. A few more days for your father. Amen. Felt it, felt it. And everybody lift both your hands and give God the praise. Hallelujah. Never again. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's done. Go your way and be healed. Amen. We wanted to honor you tonight. Amen. And put you up front. Glory to God. Love every one of you. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. Come on, clap your hands and shout. <laughs> Glory. I said glory. Everybody lift your right hand like this. Say the Lord, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This night, I declare nothing can happen to me that God can't do something about it. I receive God's great power. If you believe it, lift both your hands and praise him one more moment. Yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Now, if you believe it's done, turn around and tell somebody, tonight's your night for a miracle. That's it. Tell them. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Are you ready? Open your Bible, please, to the book of Zechariah first. We're going to deal with one of the hindrances to answered prayer. Now, I want to say right up front, I do believe there's more than one. And for everyone, it may be different. But I want to deal with a hindrance that the enemy tries to use to keep individuals from the anointing, cities, from a citywide move of God and an outpouring, nations from a visitation from heaven. And you're going to see in the Bible a pattern. And we're also going to see what God says to do to break these attacks off in Jesus' wonderful name. I like to talk about uh, things that I've been told. A lot of times when I'm around, especially ministers have been in ministry longer than me, I like to listen because I already know everything that I've learned, but I need to learn other things. So by just allowing that man or woman to speak, I might hear something that will help me for the future. How many of you feel that way? You need more of God. You need to have more knowledge, more anointing. More of God's great, uh, I call it his blessing. I love the blessing of the Lord. And the Bible says it makes us rich and it never adds any sorrow or heaviness or depression to it. But there's a joy in serving God. I'm happy all the time. My wife can tell you, I said, please don't tell the people the nickname that you've given me. Because she calls me Chuckles. Everything makes me laugh. And I just love to laugh and I love to be happy. Am I saying I've never come under an attack? No, there have been times when I felt that oppressive hand of the devil. Does it mean that the ministry that God's given us has never been under accusation, attack, spiritual warfare? No, there are times that you have to set yourself and say, devil, this far, no further. I will not be moved. Everybody say that with me. I will not be moved. Say it again. I will not be moved. There was a minister. I don't, if he was here, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, so I'm going to tell his name. His name is Morris Sorello. How many have ever heard of him? And I'm, I told uh, Pastor Dosick tonight before we came out, I'm thankful for the older men that took time to speak into our lives. He has the same experience. And uh, Brother Sorella told me, he said, in the early days of my ministry in doing crusades in nations and in other places, he said, I found that when I would go into that nation, that there was a spiritual heaviness that God allowed me to feel. And he said, one day when I was fasting and praying in a particular nation, and it was in South America, he said, the Lord said, I'm giving you an operation. How many are glad for operations? 
But here he was talking about an operation of the gifts of the Spirit. And he said, this gift is discerning of spirits. Now, discerning of spirits has a fourfold level of operation, as do all nine gifts. I'm working on a book. My son has been on me, and I never considered myself a book writer. But he said, a lot of the things that you know about the gifts, Dad, could you please put it in writing? Even if you don't make it a book, he said, I'll use it after you're gone. I said, where am I going? It's pretty bad when your children are helping you out the door. But I started on this, and just like there are four kinds of tongues in the Bible and four kinds of healing in the Bible, there's four operations of discerning of spirits, and all the gifts have four uh, forms of administration. And uh, there are diversities or division among all the gifts, but these gifts work by the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, by the Holy Ghost. We should, as we get older and serve God, desire to be used of the Holy Spirit more now than we were five years ago, 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago. I'm hungry for a move of God. And so the Lord gave Brother Sorello uh, an impartation in that hotel room in uh, Brazil there in, uh, uh, what do you call it, Rio de Janeiro. He was there in a hotel. And he said the Lord gave him a vision. And over that city where he was going to hold a crusade in a, a stadium, the Lord showed him the principal spirit that ruled over that city. And he said, in times past, when you've gone in to do crusades, you felt this, but you didn't know what it was. You just thought it was, you know, evil. You thought it was sin. You thought it was the nature of sin that had a hold of the people. But God gave him an idea that he never thought about before, which was what he was sensing was an actual demon spirit that Satan had assigned over that city to keep the gospel from the people. And so Brother Sorella told me, he said, Brother Ted, I begin to pray and I wouldn't leave the hotel room until I knew I had pulled that spirit down and had authority over it when I would go onto the platform. He said, I started flying into some of these places a week or two weeks ahead to give time to prayer and fasting. Uh, and so he said to me, this was the first time. And when he went out, he said, I never saw so many miracles in my life. He said, we could get a truck and load up all the crutches and canes of the crippled people that were healed. He said, we could take garbage cans of hearing aids off of that field. He said, it was as if the miracles were popping like popcorn. And when he said that, I don't know why that stuck with me. I said, Lord, I want the kind of ministry where all the people are receiving the goodness of God. And then... Uh, that this message might be a blessing to you. I was in a meeting with uh, another minister and he began to talk about percentages of the anointing that were in operation. I'd never heard that before. He said, now tonight, as near as I can tell, I'm at about 30% of the anointing that God has put on my life. And he said, only on one hand, I could tell you the times that I knew I was at about 100% or close to it. Some of the greatest meetings he said I ever had. The Lord let me see that that anointing was uh, almost at 
And he said I had fallen one time in Buffalo, New York, and I broke my shoulder. And I was scheduled to preach at the full gospel businessmen's meeting there in Buffalo. And he said I knew I couldn't go with a broken shoulder. So I began to pray. And he said Jesus came into my room. I saw him with my eyes. And Jesus said I'm going to heal your shoulder. But there will be 1% of it that you'll feel when you don't operate or what we would say move in the anointing of the spirit. He said, if your shoulder uh, twinges, then you know you're missing it. And he said, the reason this happened, I told you 10 years ago that I wanted you to operate in the office of a prophet and you battled me with it. And so I could not protect you from the thing the devil had planned for you because you have bound my hands. Well, he began to weep and said, I sought God with tears. See, a lot of people don't understand these things about the supernatural. It's not a game. I said, it's not a game. Everybody say, it's not a game. There's a responsibility that we have towards God. Are, are you still listening to me? And if we don't do our part, then it keeps God uh, from being able to do his part. His hands become tied. It doesn't mean that it's not God's will to do these things. It means that we are not uh, in submission to the will of God. And so this preacher, if I told you his name, everybody would know him. He said, all right, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me. And when you uh, want me to prophesy, I will will do what you've called me to do. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that Jesus loves us so much that he'll show us what the hindrance is that's keeping us from operating in the blessing that he has for us. Oh, I love Jesus for that. I praise him right now for that. I thank God that he's ever working in my life and your life to put us over in this life that we will not be bound by any hindering spirit, but that we'll have freedom to operate in the greatest percentage of the anointing that we can. I'm not happy with 10%. I'm not happy with 30%. I want everything God has for me. How many of you feel that way? Can you say amen? amen. Say it as a confession. I want everything God has for me. So I put those two things together. The story Brother Sorella told me, the other minister. And if you have your Bible, I've asked you to turn to the book of Zechariah. And I want to deal tonight with the hindrance of demons. How devils are at work trying to hinder you from receiving an answer to your prayer. How many like to leave here tonight knowing that every time you pray, you're going to get an answer? Did not Jesus teach that? Didn't Jesus say in Matthew's gospel, everyone that asketh receives? Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus said it. So if you're not receiving answers to prayer, there's nothing wrong on Jesus' end. Don't blame my brother Jesus for this. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. If you abide in me, Everybody say, that means me. Means and my word abides in you. You shall ask what you will. Say, that means me. And you shall have whatever you ask for. Four times in that scripture in the gospel of John, Jesus taught us that it is us that determines answered prayer. 
Never once did he mention God the Father. He said, if my word abides in you, which means the word is the signpost to lead us to our destination. You cannot be successful in prayer apart from the word. If all you did was pray the word, it will work. The devil knows that, and so I believe he's put a shroud over people's understanding of how prayer works. This message tonight is how to deal with the hindrance of the demonic that would try to keep you from getting answers to prayer. Because Jesus plainly taught, everyone that asks receives. And there's nothing wrong on Jesus' end. Are you still with me? Now again, this is not the only hindrance, but I believe it's one of the big hindrances. Dealing with the devil. Everybody say that. I've got to deal with the devil if I'm going to see my prayers answered. I love this, boy. Is that your son? He was, he was, how do we do it? I saw you rolling your hands. You bind him. And you're four years old and you figured that out. There's people here 40 haven't figured it out. Amen. Jesus said plainly that whatever we ask, it will be done by our Father in heaven. Isn't that right? He taught his disciples that. Taught them how to pray. Taught them about getting answers to prayer. And yet if there is not an answer coming, there's never anything wrong on Jesus' end. We determine our answered prayer and not God. Uh-oh. But we have to be understanding in the anointing that sometimes we're coming up against the devil. Yeah. All the time? No. If Jesus only dealt with it one out of every three people he ministered to in the four gospels, probably you and I will be about the same. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have more than him. Jesus is our master example. Zechariah, I want to read this story. Because I believe it will help us. Now notice this. I want to start with his vision in the 8th verse. I saw by night. You see when you're anointed. Even in the darkest of night. You'll be able to see. I wanted to finish this the other night. Preachers are here and I forgot. But notice in the cycle of the certain men that were crippled from their mother's womb and the different operations of the spirit. No matter what cycle you're in, miracles work in every cycle. The prayer cycle, the breakthrough cycle, and the resisting cycle. The devil cannot stop the miracle power of God once you have that understanding. It was differences of operation. How many were here on that night that I taught on that? That was uh, Sunday night. But I want you to get that in your spirit. The devil can't stop you from receiving your miracle. He cannot do it. He cannot keep you from the thing God's prepared for you. He cannot cause you to be off track or lose out because you see you have a will. And if the devil could force us against our will, then so could God. Yep. And since God's willing that none should perish but all come to repentance, he just forced us all to get saved tonight and everybody on the earth would be in heaven in the morning. No, your will has something to do with your reception. Everybody say, by my will... I receive from God. So you determine what you receive. You determine your answered prayers by sticking to the word. If my word abides in you. Say it with me. If God's word abides in me, 
I can ask what I will. So your will is refreshed and strengthened by the word. So Zechariah said, I saw by night and behold a man riding upon a red horse. And he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom. And you that have worked farms, you know the bottom fields is where the moisture is and that's where the plantings are and that's where your best harvest is, is in the bottomland. On the great Mississippi River, along both uh, uh, shores of the Mississippi River, they have that very famous delta dirt and bottomland that brings the best corn and out of Wabash and out of Illinois and out of Missouri, that's where your best harvests are when you get in the bottomland. Someone say in the bottomland. So then he had a vision of more horses he beheld, and there was a red horse, speckled and white, three different horses. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show you what these be. Everybody say, God is going to reveal what I need to know. Let's lift our hands and thank God for that, because some people don't think God's going to give them any more revelation. They don't believe God's going to show them anything more. And so the angel tells him, these that are among the myrtle trees, they are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro through the earth. The Bible says concerning angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth under, for the heirs of salvation? Are you still listening to me? There's some angels of God that are walking to and fro tonight for you. They're waiting for their assignment. They're waiting for you to get over your low self-esteem and you're feeling like, who am I to be able to command an angel to go forth? They're waiting for you to say something, to send them somewhere, to do something. Oh, the powerful ministry of angels and angelic spirits that did not fall but are loyal to the throne of God and that are a part of the last day in time move of God. Amen. In the last couple of months, the Lord said to me, I'm going to give you a, a hundred angels. I said, well, thank you. He said, and I want you to send two of them into all 50 states. I said, well, if you gave them to me, then why didn't you send them? But I learned something in the last couple of months we have to cooperate with the power of God. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Are you listening to me? So I told my wife, I said, I know this sounds different. I've never done this in 44 years of preaching, but I just got 100 angels from heaven. And what I told you? And I said, I, I can't see with my natural eye, but every one of you line up by twos. And then I sent them out to all 50 states. I didn't know what I was doing. But when I said, I command you to go to all 50 states, it came up in my spirit. I said, and do not allow the election to be stolen. Come in my spirit, not my head. The love of God's not shed abroad in your head. The love of God's shed abroad in your heart, your spirit. I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing other than I was aware that God was using that as an answer to prayer. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to you about that we all need to begin to participate and cooperate with the moving of the Holy Ghost upon the earth. And to do that, that means we're going to have to have times and seasons where we get alone with God and God can show us things like he did Zechariah. These that walk to and fro on the earth, I believe in the power of God's angels. Can you say amen? amen? And then I want to move on because there's a lot in here. 
Verse 13, the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. When we're talking about praying, we're talking about words that we release. But never forget, God has some words he's going to release. And God's words are encouraging words and comforting words. That's King James, a little blind to us, comfortable, but it means comforting words. Anytime people begin to say things to you and it seems like it's judgmental or harsh, it's probably not from God. A preacher friend of mine, Brother Drake, I love him. He's still alive. He was in pastoring his church and he was having problems with one of his board members. So the board member would get up and prophesy things that weren't even in the Bible. And finally, Brother Drake had enough. One night the guy got up and prophesied, thus saith the Lord, be not afraid, my children, even I, the Lord thy God, am afraid. And even though the man was prophesying in King James, he was not scriptural. And so Brother Drake got up and he said, now, I want you to understand, folks, that God has not given us the spirit of fear. And this man is just speaking by a religious spirit, not by the Bible. You know, a lot of people have a little bit of a religious spirit, but they don't have the word of God in them. And if you went by everything people told you, you'd wonder what in the world's going to happen to me. But I come tonight to tell you, God's words are going to be encouraging and God's words are going to be comforting. Hallelujah. And so because he said that, that man called a board meeting. They put Brother Drake out of his church and the cause, they said, he despised prophesying. No, the Bible teaches us the prophets can judge those that sit nearby. You can judge the words that come forth. Come on, we're not all drinking the Kool-Aid. Are you hearing me? We have the ability by the Spirit of God to discern whether these are the words of the Lord, whether this is the Word of God, or whether it's just some crazy uh, 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 Google uh, mess that someone went online in the Spirit and Googled their little pet doctrine, and they're coming back with words that will condemn you, speak against you, make you feel less than you are. I tell you, that's never God. Our God is a good God. Every time he speaks, he will encourage you. Every time he speaks, he will comfort you. Hallelujah. It is a good thing to know that God is on your side to help you. Can you shout hallelujah? I'm telling you, when you pray, if there is a hindrance, it's never coming from God. So Zechariah, an Old Testament prophet, but a prophet nonetheless, did you know all the gifts of the Spirit operated in the Old Testament except for tongues and the interpretation of tongues? Yet Isaiah spoke about the fact that the day would come when God would give us stammering lips that we would speak with. Are you still lift, listening to me? Well, in the second chapter, he lifts up his eyes and he sees a man with a measuring line in his hand. The vision continues. And as he goes through this vision, when you get home, read this for yourself. Verse 11 of the second chapter. Whoosh, glory. Says, many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. Prophetically speaking of the future. Yeah. Nations. Yeah. Nations. This dear man of God who I love, he's anointed to take nations. Say. Now, I know what I'm anointed to do. When I was in Trinidad preaching, the Lord said, go back to North America, and I'm going to give you the United States of America. I remember the day he said it. I remember on the plane flying back. And ever since that day, 
Year after year, our meetings have grown in these outreaches that we do, and we'll show you a little bit tomorrow night. We were in Buffalo, New York this past year. The mayor of the city was so happy what God was doing. He gave us back all the permit money that we gave them, almost $1,000. We got 60,000 pounds of food. We fed almost 3,000 families for seven days. Are you hearing me? And of all things, we picked the part of Buffalo where the president had put all the refugees. I didn't know that. 70 nations in that neighborhood. And see, we couldn't go into the Muslim nations and preach. But God let them come here so we could preach. And when they'd see the deaf made to hear, the crippled heal, man with a stroke one night heal, his face, his arm, his leg heal, then they'd come down and get saved. Hallelujah. God always has a plan for the nations. Can you say amen? I remember in 2009 when a vision came into my office and I saw it and I heard the voice of the Lord and he said, get ready to do African style uh, crusades. I thought he meant I was going to Africa, never realized. The Africans, the Muslims were coming here. Are you hearing me? The United Nations thought if we flood America with these refugees that are Muslim, we'll break the back of Christianity. This is on record. They've said these things. But the stupid devil, what he doesn't know is God's got people going into those refugee sanctuary cities and holding miracle revivals, and God is moving by his spirit. If I had $2 million, I'd do one every month. Amen. Are you listening to me? I've already priced it out like I got it. I've already made the plans like I have it. Are you hearing me? Canada, the United States. Mexico. God told me he was going to give me this continent, North America, and I believe it's mine in the name of Jesus. Nations, nations shall be joined to the Lord. Someone say, God is on the move. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is on the move. Say it one more time. God is on the move. Now, after the visions comes the promotion. It's one thing to see what God wants you to do. It's another thing to step up and walk in the thing God wants you to do. Whether it's this gentleman here, this lady here, or whoever you may be, God has an assignment for your life. Can you say amen? Prokashin de bando robo ho. Hallelujah. Lift your hand. I feel it coming down out of heaven into my own soul tonight. Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. Someone say, The nations belong to God. Say, America belongs to God. Say, America shall be saved. The devil can't have this nation. My prayer is going to shake the devil out of here. And we're going to take back what the devil's stolen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now look to the next chapter. Somebody help me with the time because I get lost in the spirit. Hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 3. God showed Zechariah Joshua the high priest. Whatever God's going to do at the end of the day, the priest, the pastor, the church, the local church will have a great part in what God's doing. I don't believe in Lone Rangers other than the one I used to watch on television when I was a kid. 
I'll say to somebody, who are you in fellowship with? Who? And they got nobody. And that's part of the problem nowadays. We don't have the spiritual fathers that we have need of. That's why I said I thank God for Pastor uh, Peter. And I thank God for every minister of the gospel that is drawing men and women around himself to go forward. I pray that God gives me that. One time God told me 10,000, son, 10,000 miracle workers. I'm a little behind. The other day I checked. There's only 777. But thank God for three sevens. Amen. It'll be a thousand shortly that we're pumping the gospel into and talking to them and holding meetings in their regions because I believe America is going to shake under the power of God. I prophesy to you, you're going to see it on CNN. It used to be called one thing, but shortly it'll be called Christ News Network. Amen. I saw it. Joshua. Standing before the angel of the Lord, uh, in my studies, there are two powerful angels that could be considered the angel of the Lord, or one thought is a theophany, that this was the pre-existent Christ in the Old Testament. You've studied that, I know, Pastor Dose. But whether it was Michael or Gabriel or Jesus in his pre-existent form, that angel belonged to God. I'm here to tell you tonight, some things belong to God and him alone. And the devil has no say over it and nothing that he can do about it. It belongs to God. Be encouraged tonight, whatever you may be going through. Maybe you're in this world system and your money's tight. Maybe you're battling in your body. Maybe it might be something that has to do with the temporal, the natural, the carnal realm. But still, we belong to God. Like I preached last night, we're his purchased possession. The blood has signed our name. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? And so there's nothing that will ever happen that God can't answer. And undo it because he is God over all and we belong to him. Hallelujah. There are angels that are helping us. Well, sometimes I'll pray, Lord, I send forth angels to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Bring the unsaved in. Bring them under this tent. Bring them in this meeting. Sometimes they'll tell me, the finances, we need this. I say, Father, I send forth angels to bring in the money that I need. Go to the north. Go to the south. Go to the east. Go to the west. I sow. I keep giving. I believe in doing everything the Bible says because that word abides in you and after that you can ask what you want and get your prayers answered. But God won't answer your prayers apart from his own word. Verse 2, the Lord said unto Satan, what? The Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee is not this a brand? And we know in another scripture, souls are referred to as a brand snatched out of the fire. Some save with compassion. Others, we snatch like brands from the burning. Talking about a soul. Why? Because we're attached to the vine. Hallelujah. And Jesus is our Savior. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Marginal reference says, Clean clothes. Hallelujah. You know what cracks me up? Is that the modern day church thinks the way you dress determines the anointing. 
I've had preachers say, now here, we have the new style. I've said, what's the new style? Well, Brother Shuttlesworth, if you want to wear jeans, and I have jeans, you have jeans, nothing wrong with jeans. And you just want to wear a polo shirt or a Tommy Bahama and preach, then that's how we, we get the anointing. I said, I wish I'd have known that back in the 70s because we didn't know the anointing came because of your clothes. The truth is, whether you wear a three-piece suit or you wear jeans and a Tommy Bahama, it has nothing to do with the anointing coming on your life. God didn't say, if you shall wear the modern garb of the day you live in, uh, you shall be my witnesses. No, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that draws the souls. What it is, we've lost the confidence in our praying to believe God for the anointing and think that if we style a certain way, if we profile a certain way, we're going to have a great anointing. I might start wearing a tuxedo. I'm getting so ticked off at this new junk. Amen. I could care less what I'm wearing. This anointing is not determined by a gray suit or a blue suit or a black suit but one thing's for sure whatever you're wearing make sure you got clean clothes on <laughs> bishop and so the bible says god said get him some clean clothes change his garments this also speaks of our righteousness is as filthy rags but the righteousness of god is that which is pure and that which is clean I see I lost a half dozen of you. It's all right. I wasn't talking about you or something about somebody else. Amen. <laughs> Wouldn't it be sad if God could only anoint people with black wool sweaters on? Yeah. <laughs> Forget the red stripes, just the sweater itself. Sometimes I think the church has lost its ever-loving mind. And attributing the things of the natural to the anointing, in my opinion, borders on disregard to the precious Holy Spirit himself. I stand before you and I declare I can do nothing. I can do nothing without Christ, but I can do all things through him. And the anointing that is in me and on me and comes upon you and in you as well is the thing that makes the difference. It is the anointing of the precious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the anointing that drives devils out. I'm talking about the anointing that heals the sick. I'm talking about the anointing that makes your churches strong in the power of his might. A vision. Change your clothes. And I said, let them set a fair miter upon his head. Speaks of God's crowning glory by impartation comes on us as believers. Yep. If I find out Brother Dosing went out and bought a miter and a robe and a walnut cane with a hook in it and a gold ring and has everybody kiss his ring, I'll know something happened to him. He either fell off his motorcycle, fell out of a tree stand. Again, these things do not guarantee the anointing. Someone said, is there anything wrong with it? No, that's not what I'm preaching or teaching. I'm saying the anointing doesn't come because of a fair miter or because of a robe or because of a staff or a particular ring. Uh, but Brother Williams and I have talked about this for, for years. It's the anointing that makes the difference, not the, uh, the, what I call the ecclesiastical order that this, this church world is heading into. I'm not a part of that world system. I'm not looking for a robe. I'm looking for a mansion. Uh, in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for recognition here. I'm looking to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so they did this. The angel stands by. What does the devil do? He speaks against it. 
But the Bible says that the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord protested by the angel unto Joshua saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, if you will keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house. There it is, impartation. Keep my courts. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with If we do what we're supposed to do, God will give us praise. We'll keep his courts filled with praise. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord. I'm blessed. Amen. You become a thankful people. You begin to offer up praise and thanksgiving. And God said, I'll give you that ability. There's an anointing to praise God. Just because you play a piano doesn't mean you're anointed. Amen. Any more than a cat having kittens in an oven makes some biscuits. Are you listening to me? Down home, they got in the warm place. We came home from church, all these kittens. My daughter's, oh, isn't that wonderful? But just because you have kittens in an oven doesn't doesn't make them biscuits because you sit in the garage doesn't make you a car are you listening to me it is not just the vocal sounds of worshipers or instruments there is an anointing by impartation to praise God in his course that God gives you when you receive your new garments some of the greatest singers of the world when I'd go with brother Shambach was in Harlem under those tents because they knew they were delivered from sin and they would praise God and they weren't singing a little hymn and a little poem and then walking out. Amen. They begin to praise God in the courts of God. I'll give you places to walk among these that stand by. That's angels. And the Bible goes on to say, then he said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This prayer, resisted by Satan himself, was not able to keep him from the new garments and the new anointing and the praise that God had for him turn to first corinthians quickly i'm getting ready to pray hallelujah in first corinthians chapter 15 paul the apostle talks to us about a hindering spirit in ephesus in that great revival first corinthians chapter 15 now every great move of god in your life will stir up a devil i think it was joyce meyer used to say about what i just read from zachariah New level, new devil. But I know this. There's not enough devils in hell to keep you from the anointing. Once you make up your mind, you're going to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. These stinking spirits will attack your mind. They'll attack your body. They'll attack you in every way they think they can. But we have victory through Jesus Christ. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is that victory, even our faith. I tell you, I've had people try this and that against my wife and I. They'll try to sue you. They'll try to kill you. They'll come with a gun. They'll come with a knife. They've done all of that and more. But what I've learned is, if I walk in the spirit, one guy got under conviction and he put the revolver in the offering bucket. Are you hearing me? And I had said to my wife before the service, I'm believing God for a 22 pistol. She said, what for? I said, to shoot cans. Hey, it's all right. I don't mind just plunking around. And she said, that's crazy. That night in the offering was that 22 HR revolver, nine shot. The guy came to use it on me, but the Holy Ghost got on him. <laughs> oh, he got saved and I got a gun. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. 
Now look at verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul said, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die daily. Some people in the church are on happy gas. Well, you see, to have the power of God in God's kingdom, it's a paradox. To have God's power, we have to go down. He goes up. Humble yourself before the hand of Almighty God. In due season, he will lift you up or exalt you. To have in God's kingdom, the Bible says you have to give. To him that withholds, it tends to poverty. But he that scattereth, it causes increase. Everything in the kingdom is a paradox. It's opposite of the natural world. Are you still with me? Glory. For some reason, some of that was for you. Amen. We're all getting it, but you got a little extra out of that. If after the manner of men I have fought with the beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if, I, if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we may die. Be not deceived. Evil communications, the way you talk, corrupts good manners or the integrity we walk in. It is important, if you're going to get your prayers answered, who you hang with. Are you all still here? Did you go home? Just about done, but I had to get this out tonight. The Lord's put it in my spirit. We want our prayers answered. If that phone rings and he goes out to answer it, it's because he knows someone's trying to talk to him. Isn't that right? I always tell people if your phone rings in church, unless it's Jesus, hang it up. How do you know that when you receive something that you miss it because you allow other things to enter in? In other words, another voice, other words. And I'm not just talking about cell phones. I'm talking about the people we hang with. Their words can corrupt that area of good conversation or the integrity you walk in. I've had to literally get up and turn TV sets off because I don't like it when someone says, Oh, Jesus Christ, wait a minute, he's my elder brother. Wait a minute, there's power in his name. I don't care if I'm two minutes in or a hundred minutes in, I turn it off. You're not going to use the name of Jesus uh, that way. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to be corrupted in my spirit and allow that foul language to get in my mind and to get into my soulish realm. I cleanse myself of that. Are you hearing me? There's some places you don't go. There's some things you don't say. You cannot be corrupted. And part of the reason why our prayers aren't being answered is the day we're living in, we're allowing that corruption to be the hindrance to the answer to prayer. Are you hearing me? God's going to answer my prayer no matter what. Why? Because he said it in his word. And if his word abides in me, then I'm going to have whatever I ask of him. Come on, lift your hand and say that out loud. I'm going to have whatever I ask of him. Say it again. I'm going to have whatever I ask of him. Well, Paul never fought a lion. He never fought a tiger. He never fought a beast as far as the natural in Ephesus. But the Bible tells us he did fight demon spirits that showed up when he began to pray over prayer cloths to send out to those that had need of them. Are you still listening to me? Go back to the book of Acts. Let's read this story just a moment. In the book of Acts, the 19th chapter, Paul goes into the synagogue, verse 8, speaks boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when many were hardened and believed not, but spake. Everybody say spake. spake. 
See, their words begin to corrupt the manner and conversation that Paul was sowing as a seed into this local area for revival to change the city. Are you hearing me? The devil will start in the early part of your believing and he's not waiting till the end when you're going to get it either. If he can keep you from answers to prayer, then cities will not fall under the hand of God. Verse 9, diverse were hardened. They didn't believe. They spake evil. So their words, man, I feel the anointing on this. Their words became evil. Began to pollute the ears of the believer, though they were a handful at that time. Their words begin to speak evil. I've gotten so I rebuke people right in Burger King. I could care less. A fellow said something the other day. I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And man, he took off and left the Burger King. So since he wasn't there anymore, I ordered a Whopper. Glory to God. I was in a place with my wife and I and Donnie Johnson, some of the crew. We had ordered a pizza. And we were trying to get the waitress's attention, and they didn't have name tags. And I looked at her, and all of a sudden, it came in my spirit. Her name was Rebecca. I said, Rebecca! And I waved, and she came over. She said, how do you know my name? They don't let us wear name tags here for our protection. You know my brother? I said, no, I don't know your brother. But if I told you how I knew, you'd think I was crazy. No, I want to know. How did you know my name? I said, Jesus told me. And the guy at the next table jumped up and yelled GD and all these bad words and shook his fist at me and ran out of the restaurant. And on his neck, he had a tattoo of a bat. And on his shoulder, he had the head of Satan. I said to Donnie, that's the definition of a bat out of hell right there. Amen. But the devil didn't get stirred up until we begin to speak about what Jesus can do. Don't be surprised if a few devils get stirred up, but don't let them hinder the answer to your prayer. Are you listening to me? When Paul built the fire on the Isle of Melita, that's when the snakes came out. It is the fire of God that drives the snakes out, but the same thing that drove them out is the same thing that destroyed them. He shook the uh, snake right back into the fire. Can you say amen? The thing that is on fire in your life, it may cause the devils to come out to try to corrupt and to hinder the answers to prayer you're believing for, but you hang in there. Hallelujah. You keep on praising God. You keep on maintaining the courts of praise by impartation. Hallelujah. You've changed the garment. You've changed the channel. You've changed the ability. These things are not done by natural men, but they're done by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If someone comes against you, don't get upset at the person, but bind the spirit that's driving them take authority over in the name of Jesus and believe God for your victory why Paul was getting prayers and praying over handkerchiefs and aprons the Bible says the vagabond Jews came filled with demons are you hearing me he fought the demonic beasts at Ephesus these Jews were exorcists they took it upon themselves to call out the evil spirits over the individuals. And the Bible says they were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. But the evil spirit answered. So you see the words now are becoming muddled. Because what the devil says is not what God's saying. 
And when you're praying, you need to shut the mouth of the devil. One time I was with Brother McIntyre. We were casting devils out of a woman. And the devil there, and she stuck her tongue out. Mm. Brother Mac said, stick that tongue back in there, devil, or I'm going to cut it off. Boop, she sucked it right back in. I never saw so much activity in my life. And Brother Max says, you don't let the devil even stick his tongue out. You take authority over him. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you tonight that there may be some things coming against you, but you stand up in your prayer life and you declare, I'll fight the beast wherever you're from, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. I'm willing to be used of God. Yeah. Yeah. The evil spirit began to talk. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Now, in the original Greek, where it says, Jesus, I know, it actually says, Jesus, I've met, and Paul, I've heard about. But who are you? The devil knows whether you got the goods or not. Who are you? Leaps on them. Overcame them. Prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. The reason why you got to get your prayers answered, the devil wants to take your garments off. The less clothes people wear, the more devil they have in the Bible. When the devil was done, he stripped them of their clothing. Boy, I could preach on that for a while. Don't let the devil steal your clothes. Hallelujah. Don't listen to his lies. Tell him to shut up in the name of Jesus. Take authority over the devil. We're living in the last of the last days. Now, not the only hindrance, but one of the hindrances that comes when you pray, here Paul did, Zechariah, the vision, Joshua the high priest, is Satan comes to try to take away from the precious anointing that God is releasing on the earth. Know that. Understand that. Have authority over it. I close with this. When the man brought his child that had demons to the disciples in Mark 9, he wanted the disciples to cast the devil out. When they prayed, their prayers could not overcome the devil in the boy. How many of you don't ever want to find yourself in a position where you don't even have enough prayer power to blow the fuzz off of Georgia peach. Amen. We want to have some power to deal with these things. But these men that were handpicked by Jesus, anointed by the Lord, called by the Lord, didn't even have enough anointing to cast the devil out of the boy. So the father sees Jesus and he brings the boy to Jesus. He said, I took my son to your disciples. And notice it didn't say they would not. It said, but they could not cast the devil out. Jesus saw the crowd running together and cast the spirit out of the boy. And later the disciples come unto him and said, Master, why is it we could not cast out the devil? And Jesus said to them, he marveled because of their unbelief and said, How be it this kind? Cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. A certain devil in your praying coupled with fasting will have to listen to you and have to do what you tell it to do. One of the important things about fasting with prayer. Now if you're just going to fast, that's aestheticism and it won't do a thing for you. Buddhists fast. Hindus 
Jews fast. People of other religions fast. But when you couple your fasting with prayer in the name of Jesus, you're going to have power over a certain kind of devil that will not listen to anyone unless they have had that anointing of the name of Jesus and the power of God. I don't know about you, but going into this year, I've determined I'm going to have more than I had last year, and I believe I'm going to do it by faith because the God we serve is a God, a healing God, a delivering God, as I said earlier in this message, and everything's going to be all right because our God cannot fail. Lift your hands and thank God if you believe that. Lift your hand and thank God that it's working for you now. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Praise God. I said praise God. Come on, praise him a little bit. I'm not done, but I quit. Glory to God. If the hindrance is the devil, we have power over the devil. And one of the keys is your praise. If you'll praise God, the devils will flee. Whenever David played on a harp, the evil spirit which troubled King Saul departed from him and left him, and he was well, and he was refreshed. Get an anointed praise in your spirit in 2017. Hallelujah. Who's here tonight? You had a cataract surgery, and one of the eyes they... Uh, worked on when you look the light comes in and it's muddled in your eye it looks different ways who is that you've had cataract surgery and you're not seeing clear come 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 I just saw this as I was praying hallelujah I'll pray for everybody but I'm going to pray for you which eye was it they operate on that one and both of them but one of your eyes when you look the way the refraction of the light comes in it's, it's not as good as the other eye I think it's this one it is isn't it alright you believe now if you look up to the lights it's actually hurtful isn't that right take this hand cover this eye because I see it is the left eye now look up uh, at the eye uh, and the light comes in and your eye is a little bit I won't say confused but it looks different to you than the other eye isn't that right all right, lift your hands. I just saw this in a vision. If I, and I try to take time, but I, d I don't like to keep people too late because I want you to come back tomorrow because i got a humdinger I want to talk to you about tomorrow. I might call it the humdinger message. Amen. Someone said, what's a humdinger? I don't know, but my grandmother used to say it. Hallelujah. This I here. All right, everybody lift your hands while the musicians are coming back to their platform, station to worship God with us. Lift your hands. Everybody begin to pray in the spirit. I feel miracles getting ready to break. We're right on the edge of it, right on the edge. This will be the working of miracles. Hallelujah. I love that young man that leads the singing. Come here, brother. Amen. You have learned a valuable lesson. You know what it is? Singers sing and not exhort. Amen. You stay in the course and you worship God, worship God. I love your spirit. Do I know you? I mean, it seems like I met you before. Before here? You know that? Is that right? Yeah. Where was, Here? Yeah. Another year. Yeah. Here? Another year. Here Thank God. Year. Listen, I want you to get that song out that is the song of the church right now about getting up on the mountain. And musicians, I want you to play it, but don't sing it yet. And when this breaks, we're going to begin to worship God and enter in his space. Can you do that by assignment? I love you. Praise God. Amen. You ready? Yes, sir. Everybody lift your hands towards him. When you checked, you believe now it is your left eye, yes. the one I pointed to. Yes, All right. I'm going to cover your eyes. I saw a little prayer cloth here. Or maybe not. Anybody got a clean handkerchief? 
May I use it, please, sir? All right. Everybody lift your hands. The anointing's breaking for you right now, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've asked him just to play that and let that atmosphere build up. Lift your hands and release your faith. I know you go to this church. My dear brother, we love you. Oh, I see it. When they operated on you, they took a little bit more time on this side to get it off. I believe so, yes. One and, was almost completely blind. And the, it was almost what? Almost completely blind. Right? And 100%. So they took a little extra time, but you didn't get the sight back like you wanted. Correct. You believe you're going to get it tonight by the working of miracles? Absolutely. This will not be the gifts of healing, but this will be the working of miracles. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I love you tonight. This dear brother has been faithful to this church. I've seen him here before. All right, I see it. Jesus is running his fingers up and down your optic nerve, touching the pupil. Oh, you actually had a little bleeding in one of your eyes. Is that right? Yes. I see that. I command that to be healed, the rupture to be healed. In Jesus' name, Eric. Now, Christ, we bind the spirit of infirmity that causes him to have the refraction of light diffused in his eye and not clear. I command now healing to come. You spirit that's trying to cause blindness and problem, loose and come out in the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. Hallelujah. It's done. Cover this eye up. You're going to see your eye has cleared up. You ready? Yes, sir. In the name of Jesus, the head of the church, clear. Now look up to the light. You'll see it's not broken up in your eye. It is not. It's better now, isn't it? Yes, sir. You believe Jesus did it? Absolutely. Come on, let's sing the song. Go ahead, son. I command it never to come back. Turn my mic up, please. Key mic. The loudest one on here. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. You got it, son. Sing it. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Yes, Lord. Brother Gilbert, Brother Oon, come here. Whoa. That's it, hit it, son. Stand right here.
Now they're still playing that song. Everybody stretch your hand towards these preachers. Youth pastor, head pastor. For the Spirit of the Lord came on me after I left you today. And I heard the Lord say, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. And tonight, God's going to put a praise in you. You'll go home praising God. And it will keep the words in the season ahead of the devil silent. And all you'll do is just praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Ho! Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Ho! In the name of Jesus. There it goes into your spirit. Do you feel that? Here, take another touch. Take another touch. This will be the thing that guards over you and the devil that stands by is rebuked by the angel that God assigns. This night we assign now to you the angels of God. The angels of God. Everybody, you desire God to assign help. Lift your hands. Sing it again with my dear brother. Come on. Oh, for us. Come on, sing. by the of his Hallelujah. Everything shall be all right. Everything shall be all right. Never. Powerful. Fight the fight. We will stand with Christ. Now keep playing that, musicians. This man in the back, big man here. I've seen you in my meetings, other places. Come here, please. Here he comes. Everybody lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm believing God for miracles to pop loose tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. From your feet up into almost to your knee, you're beginning to have a numbness and circulation problems. Isn't that right? Right, yeah. You have battled this for over one year. One morning you woke up and your feet felt funny. Yes. And they begin to tingle and hurt. They do all the time. Isn't that right? But the, when it first started, it came in the morning when you woke up. Right. And then it's been on you ever since. Is that right? Yes. You have also experienced some kind of a feeling in your head, right? Yes. Where you can be driving, you can be at a restaurant, you can be home, and you st your head starts moving. Right. And you get dizzy. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I'm going to take authority over this attack on your body. I know what it is. Do you believe God would show it to me tonight? Yes, I do. You didn't tell me that. No. Last time I saw you, a couple years ago, wherever it was, you didn't say anything. No. So that shows you it's got to be God because I didn't see it till tonight. Perhaps you didn't have it when you were there in the meetings two years ago. I don't know. But you got it now. Yes, sir. Just about one year. 
Hallelujah. Then, if that wasn't enough, you begin to be where you couldn't hear your cell phone out of one of your ears. Right. And you thought, I can't hear a word they're saying. That's right. So you switch the cell phone to the other ear. Right. That is the vision. Everybody lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Miracles are beginning to pop. God's going to reverse these things in people tonight. Someone say, God's reversing them in people tonight. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I'm going to lay my hands on you and let the anointing go through you. Then I'm going to specifically rebuke the problems in your legs and head and hearing. But first, here it comes. Ho! Come on, sing it again while the power of God's on him. That's it. Come on, lift your hands. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Help him up. He will never be shaken. Oh, he will never be moved. We will run to the chaos. Sit here next to me, sir. Come on. Someone say, Never be moved. We stand with Christ. Now, everybody, lift both your hands to heaven. This will be the fulfillment of the miracle in his body. Stick this foot out in the air. Put that foot out in the air. In the name of Jesus. Now, even up into your calf, it's beginning to get numb where you can't feel. Is that right? Yes. Put your leg back up. Put your other leg up. Someone said, what are you doing? I'm casting out the spirit of infirmity out of his feet and legs. You believe that? Now, lift your hands. Jesus is on you. Jesus is on you. His precious anointing. Now you're going to see your ear come back open. Where you start losing your hearing. In the name of Christ. Recreate his eardrums. Auditory nerves. Hardness of hearing in Christ's name come. Out in Jesus' name. Open for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. It come open, didn't yes, it? it did. It's better now. Yes, it did. Amen. Praise now, I command your blood pressure and sugar. The levels to be healed this night. You shall not have stroke. And the feeling shall come back in your lower limbs. And then one of your fingertips is tingling and itching. This one. There it goes. Now, put your one leg up. Take your hand. No, cross it over your leg. Unless you got longer arms than I thought. Just cross it over. Yeah, just, here you go, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Ben. And there you go. Take your hand and run the bottom of your feet. You'll see the tingling has stopped. That's going. It's gone, isn't it? Turn and do the other leg. Gone. And then right here where it hurt, sometimes pain, run your hands up both of those calves. And you're not even a rancher, but you got two calves that God healed. Amen. 
gone, isn't it? Jesus did it. All right, let's sing and praise God with that song again, son. Amen. Go ahead. You'll never have it again. The Lord did it. Are you surprised God knew? But he knows. Come on, sing. Cry. Never. Come on, church. We will run to the chaos and into the fight. Into the fight. play that the spirit of the Lord has spoken to me you that have had problems I want everyone in one of your ears you've lost your hearing or it went dull get out of your seat and come down here right now every one of you that have lost hearing in one of your ears it's gone dull or you don't hear a thing stand right here ushers help me line them up thank you Rick praise God did I see what your husband shoved you up here He's not only a lover, he's a shover. Praise God. Praise God. Eric's back for a second touch, double portion. Is this your daughter? Hi. You look nice. Did you get that headband for Christmas? You just have a lot of nice things, don't you? Come a little closer. I feel the anointing on you. And dad, stand over here, dad, so I can interview you. Is this your daughter? Yes. She has trouble with her hearing? Yes. How long has she had it? Um, three years or so. Three years, and you're at least 25. No, how old are you? Nine. Nine. Oh, you look big for your age. You know, I got three granddaughters. Then, of course, I had a daughter, but she's bigger than me now. Amen. Is it the left ear? Is that right? Could you do me a favor? Could you hold your beautiful hair back so I don't mess it up? And is that a hearing aid? Mm -hmm. And is there a way you can take it out without hurting yourself? I don't know how these work. All right. Can I put my finger here to pray? Bless your heart. What's your name? Nebia. Say it again. Nebia. Oh, I like that. That sounds like dad's influence and mom together. Could you hold the mic, dad, while I pray for your precious daughter? I'm going to stand back up so don't be afraid. But when I pray with children, I try to get on their level. But you're taller than me now. Everybody lift your hands here. Power of God. Would you sing a praise song again, the one we were just singing for your daughter? Go ahead, lead us in it one time before I pray. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Your dad's a good singer. Do you sing? We will never 
Everybody lift your hand. Turn my mic up, please. I don't know if you'll get it sound, people, but this is the key mic. Keep it up. Because sometimes the spirit moves so quick, I need it to speak to the people. And it's okay if the sound overlaps. You're a good singer, aren't you? Amen. You're a precious little lady. Now, this is Jesus. I ask the Lord to give you a new eardrum, a new auditory nerve. I'm not asking him to heal this year. I'm asking him to give you a brand new one. Hardness of hearing, the beginning of deafness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command you to come out and never come back. Come out in Jesus' name. Open for the glory of God. You hear me better, don't you? Can you tell the difference? How much hearing had you lost without the hearing aid? Do you know? Uh, it's been progressive. Progressive? Yeah. Turn around so you can't read my lips. Take your hand and cover up the other ear that you do use. And watch this. You'll be able to hear a whisper. Amen. Say what I say. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. I hear better. I hear better. Because he's touched me. Because he touched me. Now. Amen. Amen. Now, can I ask your dad to say something in that ear? He's going to whisper. All right, cover up the other ear tight. Come over on this side, Dad. Say whatever you want into her ears. But we're not into the mic yet. Did you hear your dad whisper? Mm -hmm. What did he say? I love McDonald's. I love Jesus. That's what I thought he said. Amen. I command you never to lose it. Grow big and tall with the anointing. Come on, sing it again. We'll never. And you'll never need your hearing aid again. You want to sing? Watch. You can tell the difference. Jesus did it. Come on, everybody, sing with her. Go ahead, Dad. Come on, sing with him. He's happy. That's Dad. You have an excellent spirit. Which year is it? How long? And you'll know when they get clear. I notice you don't have hearing aids, so you've only lost a little bit. All right. How many know we're coming into the thing the devil's brought chaos? This, what's your name, sir? Caleb. 
Caleb just told me they're getting ready to get him hearing aids. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You ready to be healed tonight and your ears pop open? Yes. You believe Jesus will do the work? Yes. Thank you, Brother Caleb. May God give you your mountain, Timnasera. It's in the Bible. You have a Bible name. Thank you, Brother Eric. They went overboard to give me volume. Amen. Isn't that something? There is a happy medium. Praise God. You ready, son? Wait a minute. The anointing's coming on me. How many want to have an anointing to heal the sick? If you'll lift your hands right now, if it's coming on me, it should come on you. And if you already operate, you should get stronger in it. Oh, did you feel that pop? Now, I didn't do that, did I? But I felt it. It's already moving. New eardrums, new eardrums, new auditory nerves. Hardness of hearing in Christ's name come out in Jesus' name. Open for the glory of God. Clear. Clear. What happened? You're smiling. It got clear. It cleared right up, didn't it? Now I command you never to lose it. And when you get your next hearing test, you won't have to walk through life with hearing aids. Yes. Is that a good deal? You believe Jesus did it? Yes. You want to sing with our singer? Come on, let's sing it again. We will never be shaken. Love you, Caleb. What's we your problem? We will never be moved. Generations Go. of believers living for Christ. Is there a hearing aid in there? You ready? You're healed in the name of Christ. Oh. Everybody say, into the fire. We will never be with Christ. How long have you had trouble with that ear? About a year. Do you go to this church? No. You're visiting? Yes. Remember where God healed you. New eardrum? New auditory nerve. Did you have your ear checked? But you can tell it's different than the other. Watch this. This is your faith. Recreate, recreate. Ooh, glory, Jesus. Hardness of hearing in Jesus' name. Come out of that ear. Open for the glory of God. You hear me now, don't you, yes. better? Yes. Is it clearer? Yes. Hold this ear as tight as you can. Everybody lift your hands. There's an anointing to heal the sick coming in here. Fastings have gone up. Prayers have gone up. Devils are going out. Hallelujah. My voice sounds better? You can tell. Yes. You believe Jesus did it? Then lift both your hands and give him the glory as we sing it again. We will never be shaken. We will never be moved. There it goes. Generations of believers living for Christ. be shaken we will never be moved we will run to the chaos and into the fire everybody lift your hands it's coming in another wave for two years she's been losing her hearing in her left ear you ready I feel the Lord tell me to tell you Hook into church, be faithful, and all these other little things you're dealing with will not bother. Oh, here it comes, Thank new eardrum. Jesus, praise you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Heart of hearing come out in Jesus' name. There it is. Yeah, I got it. Popped open, didn't it? And then remember the word of the Lord. Hook into church. Stay faithful. Hallelujah. Sing again. We'll never. We will never be shaken. I'm two bars ahead of them. We will never be moved. Generations of believers living for Christ. We will never be shaken. We will never be moved. We will run to the chaos. You hear my voice clear now? You're going to keep it? I command the hardness of hearing. Never come back. Oh, we. We will never be shaken. We will never be moved. Generations of believers living for Christ. We will never be shaken. We will never be moved. Run to the What happened? I can hear better. Just that quick. Come on, lift your hands. The healing anointing is coming down. Sing. Get out of my way, Rick, over here. Thank you. Stand right here. Stand right here, Brother Eric. The anointing's on me. Hallelujah. Trouble with your hearing, sir? problem's different, but I'm going to pray. You ready? Lift your hand. I command the spirit that attacks you. You foul devil, loose the man. Go! Come on, sing it with them. I feel the anointing getting stronger. Oh, it's coming on this man. Come on, lift your hands and praise God with him. Play it softly. What happened? It's gone. How long had you been deaf in that ear? About a year. About a year. You're telling us right now it just come open? It's gone. All of it's gone. Ringing. Hardness of hearing. Cover up this ear. Turn and face the people. And he did, didn't he? Yes, sir. I command you never to lose it. Sing again. We will never be shaken. We will never be moved. Generations of believers. New auditory nerve. Hardness of hearing in Christ's name. Come. Oh! We will never be shaken. 
There you go. So you did have faith. You weren't short. You got it, didn't you? Yes. How long had you had trouble? Uh, about three, almost four years. Four years. Here's a young man for four years struggled with his hearing in his left ear. But Jesus has made him whole. Come on, everybody lift your hands and say, I stand with Christ. What's your name? Chance. Do you go to this church? Yes, I do. It's a good church. Yes, it is. It's a great pastor. Yeah. They've been praying fasting, and these miracles are here tonight for us. <laughs> Cover up this year you've been using for four years. My voice sound clear? Yes. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. How much hearing had you lost, do you know? Uh, not quite sure. I know I lost most of it. Almost all. I saw your face, your expression. Wow. So I knew it was a lot. Yes. But I am not an audiologist, so I didn't know how much. <laughs> Jesus did it. Is that making you happy? Yes, it is. <laughs> Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Isn't that great? Yes, it is. Three to four years, you're saying. Cover up this here tight. Come here, Brother Rick, one of my best buddies. Talking his ear a little bit. He said it was almost deaf. You hear Rick saying that? Yes, I do. Rick just became an evangelist. <laughs> he told the story of Jesus. Say something else, brother. Tight on the other ear. And you hear that? Yes, I do. Then you'd have to say after four years, Jesus must have touched this ear. Yes, sir. And gave you a miracle. Come on, sing it again. We'll never be shaken. Glory. We will never be moved. Trouble Generations of believers. Oh, Lord. Living for Hardness of hearing in Christ's name come. Oh, in Jesus. Oh, see, you do have faith. My voice sound clearer to you? Amen. I command you not to lose Trouble with your hearing, brother. So that means yes. New eardrums. New auditory nerves. Tim's a good man. He's a man of faith. Hardness of hearing. Christ's name come out of these ears, never come back. Come out in Jesus' name. Open for the, oh, you've got it, for the glory of God. You felt that too. Yeah. My voice sound better? Yeah. Turn so you're not reading my lips. Say what I say, amen. Say what I say, amen. Amen. I got it. I got it. I'm not going to look. And you shall not, Tim. Amen. We will never be. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Clear. I command the ringing to stop. Peace, be still. The rapidly come out of his legs. I praise him, Bob. You know how to do it. Everybody stand and lift your hands and sing. Oh, Christ. How many of you are here tonight? You say there's not one sin between me and a holy God. May I see your hand? You know that. All right. You may put your hand down. How many of you are here and you say, I'm dealing with something. I know it's not right. I know it's wrong. It's sinful. Pray for me tonight to be free from it. Lift your hand to Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Who else? 
You say, I'm dealing with things. I know it's not right. Glory. Anyone else? You that have your hands raised, everybody lift yours with them and let's all pray with them out loud. If you don't go to this church, the back of the auditorium tonight are ushers that will take your name. There's some things we want to put in your hands, but now we're going to pray this prayer of deliverance. Everybody pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I refuse to allow the devil to destroy my soul. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free tonight, Jesus. I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. And I believe, Father, you raised him from the dead just for me. And I believe right now, sin's power is broken in my life, and I am free. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. And every one of you that he's delivered and set free, lift your hands with them, and let's just thank God. Come on, lift your voice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I have five more minutes? And then we're going to go home. Everybody say tomorrow night. Going to be a humdinger. Someone say, what's that? You're going to find out. Be seated for one minute. I need to talk to you before we go. Everybody say this confession out loud. God is on the move. Say that with me again. God is on the move. How many believe that God's getting ready to shake this nation like never before? I want to tell you some things, but I can't tell you everything. But today we had a breakthrough. And just as God is anointing Brother Dosik, these great nations he goes to, I am seeing, I believe, the hand of God help us. And tomorrow night I'll show you about a four-minute clip of what we saw happen because of your prayers and support last year. But we're going to do a massive crusade in Atlanta, Georgia. I've never attempted anything on this scale in 40-some years. Never. We already have 15 churches that have come on board. And I just found out there's a bunch of more. I'm going to go down and have a luncheon with these men of God and women of God. But we're believing that multiplied thousands are going to be saved in one meeting. This past summer, we did two of these outdoor crusades. We had over 3,000 salvations, many of them Muslim. Some had never been to church anywhere in any nation. But today, this came on me. Everybody lift your hand like you're joining with me as a partner and say, Lord, let it come on me. I have a decision to make, and I only do what I do with the help of God's people. I, uh, I, there's some things I won't do when it comes to receiving an offering. I never tell people, if you give to me, you're going to be blessed. Why? I'm not the blesser. I believe when we give, we give as unto the Lord. And the Lord releases the blessing. Now, my responsibility, Pastor Dosak, all of the ministers, is to make sure we have good ground for the people that believe in what we do to sow into. My wife and I 
are getting ready to celebrate 40 years of marriage. And I thank God for that woman. Stand, dear. She's got one of her Christmas outfits on and looks beautiful. She's pretty. Amen. I snuck a kiss this morning. She woke up like the sleeping princess. We just couldn't find the little fellas that hung around with uh, Snow White. Amen. But my wife and I prayed today. We started in 2014. God said, why are you taking offerings from sinners? He said, they don't know anything about the gospel. He said, you should give to them, not them give to you. So we began to hook up with feed the, what was it called, Eric? Feed the children and then feed the hungry. Last year, we purchased 60,000 pounds of food and fed 3,000 families for the entire week that we were in these cities. Free. Everybody say free. How do you do that, Brother Ted? I ask God for partners. That no, I'm not putting it to build my home bigger or nothing wrong with that or you know, to buy the newest limousine or whatever. I, I could care less about natural things. At my age, I'm just glad to get a glass of orange juice in the morning. And I believe in prosperity, but I said, Lord, let me use my faith for your kingdom and for souls. And you know what happened? God started blessing me because that's how he is. Priority. Everybody say priority. Last night I didn't receive an offering because if I knew I did, I wouldn't have time to minister to that man. I knew it would take some time to impart. So sometimes I make my choices based on what God is doing in a meeting. How many understand that? But I got my faith out for this meeting. When I started this year, the Lord told me, he said, you're going to need to believe me for a thousand people this year to give you a thousand dollars. That's just for crusades and what we're doing. So my wife and I made the confession, and we believe it's going to happen. How many believe God will bring in $1 million for us to preach freely to the lost? Do you believe that? How many believe God will let us preach freely to the lost? So in these outdoor meetings, we're not receiving crusades. Bishop Canyon in Atlanta said, what kind of an evangelist are you? He said, this will be the first meeting in all the years I've been preaching where money won't be received in the evangelistic crusade. I said, well, get used to it, because I believe God's raising up a new generation. They're going to believe him to reach the lost, and we're not going to put the burden of the meeting on the back and the shoulders of the sinner. If you believe that with me, lift your hand and come in agreement and say, I believe it. Tonight, I want to receive, Brother Dosak very kindly received an offering Sunday night. I don't even know what it was. But again, I didn't feel to do it last night, but I have no fear. I believe God's going to raise up partners across America this year for us to do this great work. We're also doing outdoor crusades in Canada, especially. Where's Brother Shano? Brother Shano, where are you at, brother? Come over here. I wanted to introduce you to the people. This gentleman has a church on the Indian Reserve in Kettle Point. We're helping him to build a new auditorium. But uh, we put the tent up on the reserve one time. Isn't that right? And uh, God worked many miracles. The first miracle was a boy that had no male parts, no male organs. And by the word of knowledge, the Lord showed me. The mother brought him over. God grew male organs on the little boy's body. She walked all around the reserve showing everybody, look, my boy is a boy. Is that right? And God did it. 
And so Brother Shanu knows next year, or excuse me, this year is the 150th anniversary of Canada as a nation. And just this morning, is it called Centennial Park? I was told I couldn't use it because it was the 150th year and Justin Trudeau and they're having celebration. Just this morning, they called and said, we will let you preach the gospel at Centennial Park. Somebody say amen. amen. That's favor, isn't it? And uh, the reason I had him come up is I want him to be in agreement with me. This is one of our spiritual sons, and he's also on our ministry board in Canada, and he knows that breakthrough came today. We talked at lunch about what God's doing. The Crusades this year, I believe, with what has just happened politically, God's given us a space of grace now to go into the cities and cast the devils out. And the Lord told me, he said, I want you to bring back the old deliverance music. I want you to let that sound fill the neighborhoods of people singing about the blood of Jesus and the Hammond organ playing and the drums banging. We're taking this message to the place where people have never had it. The congresswoman in Jersey City, where the Statue of Liberty is, came to me. She said, I've never heard of a church or any ministry feeding the poor like this and not taking offerings and praying for everybody. She said, I'm going to tell every congressperson on the Northeast Corridor about your ministry. And she said, you call us and we that are the politicians are going to help you get the permits and go into the cities, New York, Philadelphia, Newark, Camden. Somebody shout hallelujah. God knows I couldn't get some of the preachers off the golf course to help me, but I got these Congress people and U.S. senators, and they're actually putting our name before people that run these cities. The mayor of Buffalo said, I can come anytime I want. The chief of police in Buffalo said, you can do anything you want. That's favor. Everybody say, that's favor. That never happened to me until I began to bless the lost. I want you, if you will, to bow your head. We're going to pray, and then we're going to go home. I promise you, I don't keep people to 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I believe in speaking what God says, praying for people, praying for souls. And tonight, I'm asking God for a miracle offering. Everybody say a miracle offering. I know what we have need of. We've got television to take care of, so much that the ministry does. But I have confidence how many will believe with me God will raise up a 1,000 people to give $1,000? If you believe it, say amen. amen. He may even ask you to do it. If he does, do it as under the Lord. My wife and I started this year by giving an offering. I don't mind telling you, we sold it into Brother Dosak's ministries to touch the world. And I intend before Jesus comes to believe God to do even more for that man of God. All I'm asking is that you feel what God's speaking to me and understand. All I care about is reaching these lost souls, many of them now that are coming into what they're calling sanctuary cities. They're, they have no knowledge of Jesus whatsoever. Uh, two young girls, it was in our last magazine. How many got our last magazine with the young Muslim girls? You saw that. They got saved in that meeting. They didn't even know who Jesus was. And Pastor Johns and Godier followed them up, and they're taking these people in their churches, and I'm going back. Rent an auditorium both in Buffalo, Jersey City, Camden. And I'm going to go in a second time and work with the pastors to win more of the lost. Can you say amen? This is, I believe, the heart of God. I can't do that without strong churches like this that would catch the vision. And you pastors that are here, 
Maybe the Lord would speak to you this year, your church, to help us. I don't ask you for monthly help, but maybe one time. Just give a good offering. And I think if all of us do what God says, we're going to see a great breakthrough. I'm believing God for 10,000 souls, and I believe God will give it to me. In America, I'm not talking about other nations. I'm talking about this nation, city by city, street by street. We're taking America back in the name of Jesus Christ. Before it's over, we're going to put the tent up in Dayton. We'll do it in Dayton. We'll do it wherever we got to do it. We'll do it in Cincinnati. We're going to shake this nation for the glory of God. Could we pray? Father, I thank you for men and women who believe in soul winning. And tonight, we understand, according to the scripture, prosperity is linked to soul winning. And that you delight in the prosperity of your servants. And that the command of wealth, the power to receive it, comes by establishing your covenant on the earth. On this Tuesday night, I ask you to speak to every man and every woman. Put your finger on something you would have them to give. Then let us be obedient to do it. And I believe when this meeting is over, we'll have more than what we need to do what we've got to do this month. In Jesus' name, we claim souls for every dollar that is given. Whatever you are doing, we want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Someone say, in Jesus' name. Bishop, could you come here a minute, Brother Williams? We did this outdoor crusade in Providence in 2015. Sometimes I tell these things, and I don't know if people believe me, but here was a man that was there. He saw the results. Tell the people what God did in your city when we put the tent up and did the outdoor crusade. Uh, in no one's memory had um, a tent been up overnight in the city limits, especially uh, in the area where we were situated. And um, with much prayer and concern, um, uh, the tent went up and was there all week long. And hundreds of people came under this tent. Had about 2,000, I think, came, on, came under the tent. And uh, several hundred people were fed uh, throughout the week as well as clothing and so forth. It was, uh, it was a miracle just to even see that happen because... Uh, I'd have to say it was most certainly Brother Ted's faith because there's several times we didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but it did happen, and it was a tremendous, tremendous moment. And that was a great, great, great push, uh, not only for our church, but for that region. We had almost by actual decision card. We had first-time decisions, 399. Now, here's what's interesting. We were able to bring one truckload of food from Feed the Children. There were 400 boxes on it, but one box was missing. And we had the exact number of first-time decisions as there were boxes of food given out, which showed me that's the bait on the hook. Then others that came to Christ, recommitted their life, was another 1,500 cards. So really, if you think about it, if a person's not saved, not living for God, then they're not ready to go to heaven. But Sister Sherry had another 1,500 all total we had just about 2,000 souls in the Providence meeting alone. And the last night, the tent was jammed. And here was something funny. We get, a guy said, a Vietnam vet said, can I give my motorcycle away? So we said, whoever's here the last night, we'll draw a name and you get the motorcycle. Across the street was a pimp. 
and his girls were getting saved in the tent and delivered from prostitution and drugs. So he went out and bought little mini bikes, motorcycles, what do you call them? Scooters. He went out and bought three scooters. We were giving away a Harley. He was giving away scooters to show that he could do what the church was doing. But what ended up happening, the rest of his crowd came under the tent and gave their heart to the Lord, and he had two men riding up and down the street on their scooters to show that drugs could buy you a little scooter. Amen. And when I left the neighborhood, his brother-in-law come under the tent and hugged me. He said, he's nuts. I want to be saved. And I prayed for him, the guy with the Mr. Magoo hat, and his brother-in-law that helped him deal drugs in that city got saved the last night. Amen. And there's more stories, I'm sure, that we don't know. The woman that they were going to cut her leg off that had that flesh-eating disease. Wasn't that powerful? Tell a little bit about it. They brought her right from the hospital. Uh, There was a woman who was um, attending our church from time to time, but she had an infection in her her leg. And um, she sent a word that they were thinking about taking her leg. And um, got her there. I think she was still kind of in a hospital gown or something, right? She wasn't... uh, Right, yes, yeah, so she came, and uh, God healed her right there. It was, a, it was a no-so miracle, in your face, undeniable, nothing anyone could say about that. It was just done. I didn't, know, I didn't know they were going to cut her leg off, and God revealed it to me. I said, and they're not going to cut your leg off. When I said that, the power of God hit her. She took the cast and everything off of her knee that she had received at the hospital, And then I went back to Brother Jeff's church in October, and she came with her grandmother in the wheelchair. Remember that? And she said, I brought my grandmother. She hasn't walked in 20 years, and I told her what God did for me. And they didn't even stay for the service. I prayed. The grandmother got up and walked for the first time in 20 years. She turned around and left the service, didn't even stay. Amen. Which is no fault of Bishop Williams, I'll tell you. He and I have done everything we could. Is there an envelope that everybody has? I don't know. I want you to take that and lift it to God right where you're sitting. Everybody, take an envelope. And uh, these stories are like the book of Acts. God's doing it and doing it and doing it. Lift it to heaven. Make this confession. Father, tonight, I'm going to give an offering that will touch people that have never been saved right here in my nation. And God used Brother Shuttlesworth Oh, please pray that in faith, folks. Say, God, use Brother Shuttlesworth to shake these cities for the glory of God. And now I wrap my faith around my gift, and I send it out to get the gospel out in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You're making out checks or whatever, make them payable to OBM to the church. But everybody prepare to give. I love that song, whoever wrote that. They call it the song of this house. Powerful. Isn't it nice? You spell thousand, T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. Amen. I saw some of you struggling. But do what God tells you. That's the key. Sometimes when I sign these contracts, I think, oh, God, this proves you're doing the work because it's bigger than I can do by myself. How many noticed my last name wasn't Rockefeller? You know what I found out last week? David Rockefeller, they're keeping him alive. He's 100 years old in some kind of a chamber. He's the head of the largest bank in America, Chase Bank. He's got enough money that they're pumping the fluids to him. What do they call that, cybernetics or whatever? 
He's still alive. He's believing they'll have extension of life. And so he wants to stay alive. Let me tell you something. It's appointed unto man once to die after that judgment. And even though my name is not Rockefeller, I'd be the first to tell David, if you don't have Jesus, living another 10 years isn't going to help you in that cybernetic chamber or cybernetic chamber. Thank God we have Christ. I love you. Can I talk to you while you're filling out your envelopes? Brother Rick, yes, sir. I brought our newest things, and I know they'll be a blessing to you. I have a brand new album. The Lord spoke to me, said the level of faith in the body of Christ was getting low in the beginning of last year. I think I even said that here. And I began to preach these messages. I call it three keys to building greater faith. Facing your giants. Your giant is anything that makes you feel small. Pass over to the other side. That's your destiny. And the last message, releasing the joy. I preached it in Chicago. These three messages, I went in the studio and listened to them because I said, I'm not putting out something that doesn't have a strong anointing. I wanted, I, I'm, I'm moving towards 100%, even in what we put on our CDs. I want you folks to get speeding tickets listening to my stuff going down the interstate. And this is brand new. We have a few with us. Normally, I think it's 20, but I told uh, Brother Rick to tell the ladies, take 25% off of that. We call it the Botkins deal. Because the people have been so nice. Just 15. Did you tell them that? She, she's got it. She's smart. Brother Phil, do you have this? I think I gave it to Pastor. Could I give it to you? Good. Get a $100 bill out. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. I love this man too. God bless you. And then a book that I didn't know would do as well as it would, but I should have known God had me do it for a reason. It's entitled, How to Destroy the Works of a Buffeting Spirit. How to Get Free from Worry, Anxiety, Panic Attacks. I had this off the press from the factory when I came here last year. And uh, we sold all that we brought. And there were people the last couple nights, they couldn't get it. These are the last, and my son says they're going to reprint it. But if you, how many of you know somebody that has panic attacks or is bothered with this mess. God showed me from the Bible how to get rid of this unrest, this trouble. And it's just filled with scriptures. And Brother Jeff, did you see they put a picture of the tent in Providence in there? You see that? Teddy picked that. So in case you thought Pastor Williams was telling the story, there's the crowd. All the thousand plus chairs that I owned were up. And still we had people standing. The police chief and the fire chief both came to me and asked for prayer. Can you say man? And it spread into the mayor's office. She's a lady, I believe. Is that right, Bishop? Mayor's a woman? The governor's a woman. Amen. And sent good reports. And I'm happy for him because he had to do the follow-up. He lives there. I'm an evangelist. I get to hit you and run. Amen. But get this, if you will. What is this, dear? Ten? And the other one? Can we give them a deal where they can get both for 15? Both books. The other book? What I've learned about the blessing, biblical keys for financial increase. So we'll even do something for that. Do you have this, Mark, these two books? Do you have the buffeting book that you can read to your wife at night? Amen. And you and her can take authority over any buffeting spirit. Uh oh, I'm starting to act like pastor a little bit. 
My wife and I laugh because we know Pastor Peter and Sister Phyllis love each other to the 100th degree. Amen. But I still laugh at their joke. I mean, no, I cut a record, uh, not a record, what do you call them, CD, in Nashville. I had a guy that worked for RCA asked me to come put gospel music. He said, we need it. So I went and they gave me the studio free of charge. Unfortunately, the musicians weren't. Amen. But some of these miracle songs, I used to lead them under the tent for Brother Shambach, my own meetings. Phil likes the one, uh, the run and try to make a hundred with the saxophone. Is that right? Did you get one of these? Brother Rick, did you get one for you and your dad last time? I've got a few left. We'll do a special on these two. Is that right, hon? They're 15 each. Is that right? So that'd be 30. And I say two for 20 and be all right? Amen. That's actually the boss. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Please, I say it tonight because I want you to be blessed. When you're ready to give, stand on your feet. We've got anointed music. The ushers are bringing the buckets here to the altar of God. I think. Yeah, here they come. There's my buddy. I don't know your name, but you're pleasant. Does people tell you you're a nice person? On occasion. All right, I'm telling it to you now. Amen. I love all these dear folks. All right, let's leave by bringing God an offering. Don't forget, stop back by the product table and receive whatever you have need of. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m.